Chapter Twenty Eight of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The men of Burgdale meet the runaways. Now, ere the night was far spent, Dalach arose and said, "Kind folk, you will presently be sleeping, but I bid you keep good watch, and if you will be ruled by me, you will kindle no fire on the morrow, for the smoke riseth thick in the morning air." and is as a beacon as for me i shall leave you here to rest and i myself will fare on mine errand they bade him sleep and rest him after so many toils and hardships saying they were not tied to an hour to be back in burgdale but he said nay the moon is high and it is as good as daylight to me who could find my way even by starlight and your tarrying here is nowise safe moreover if i could find those folk and bring them part of the way by night and cloud it were well for if we were taken again burning quick would be the best death by which we should die as for me now am i stronger with meat and drink and hope and when i come to burgdale there will be time enough for resting and slumber said face of god shall i not wend with thee to see these people and the lairs wherein they hide the man smiled nay earl said he that shall not be for what ye what if they were to see me in company of a man-at-arms they would deem that i was bringing the foe upon them and would flee and mayhappen would fall upon us for as for me when i saw thee thou wert close anigh me so i knew thee to be no dusky man but they would see the glitter of thine arms from afar and to them all weaponed men are foemen thou lord knowest not the heart of a thrall nor the fear and doubt that is in it nay i myself must cast off these clothes that ye have given me and fare naked lest they mistrust me only i will take a spear in my hand and sling a knife round my neck if you will give them to me for if the worst happen i will not be taken alive therewith he cast off his raiment and they gave him the weapons and wished him good speed and he went his way twixt moonlight and shadow but the burgdalers went to sleep when they had set a watch early in the morning they awoke and the sun was shining and the thrushes singing in the thorn-brake and all seemed fair and peaceful and a little haze still hung about the face of the burg over the river so they went down to the water and washed the night from off them and thence the most part of them went back to their lair among the thorn-bushes but four of them went up the dale into the oakwood to shoot a buck and five more they sent out to watch their skirts around them and face of god with old stoneface went over a ford of the stream and came on to the lower slope of the burg and so went up it to the top thence they looked about to see if aught were stirring but they saw little save the waste and the wood which on the north-east was thick of big trees stretching out a long way their own lair was clear to see over its bank and the bushes thereof and that misliked face of god lest any foe should climb the burg that day the morning was clear and face of god looking north and by west deemed he saw smoke rising into the air over the tree-covered ridges that hid the further distance toward that airt though further east uphove the black shoulders of the great waste and the snowy peaks behind them the said smoke was not such as cometh from one great fire but was like a thin veil staining the pale blue sky as when men are burning ling on the heath-side and it is seen aloof 
he showed that smoke to Stoneface, who smiled and said, "'Now will there be light in the cooking-fires in Rosedale? Would I were there with a few hundred of axes and staves at my back?' "'Yea,' said Face of God, smiling in his face, "'but where, I pray thee, are these elves and wood-whites that we meet them not? Grim things there are in the woods, and things fair enough also. But meseemeth that the trolls and elves of thy young years have been frighted away.' said Stoneface, Maybe, Foster-son, that hath been seen now, that when one race of man overrunneth the land inhabited by another, the whites and elves that love the vanquished are seen no more, or get them away far off into the outermost wilds, where few men ever come. Yea, said Face of God, that may well be, but deemest thou by that token that we shall be vanquished? As for us, I know not, said Stoneface, but thy friends of Shadowy Vale have been vanquished. Moreover, concerning these felons whom now we are hunting, are we all so sure that they be men? Certain it is that when I go into battle with them, I shall smite with no more pity than my sword, as if I were smiting things that may not feel the woes of man. Said Face of God, Yea, even so shall it be with me. But what thinkest thou of these runaways? Shall we have tidings of them? or shall Dalek bring the foe upon us? It was for the sake of that question that I have clomb to the burg, and that we might watch the land about us. Nay, said Stoneface, I have seen many men, and I deem of Dalek that he is a true man. I deem we shall soon have tidings of his fellows, and they may have seen the elves and woodwhites. I would fain ask them thereof, and I am eager to see them. Said Face of God, and I somewhat dread to see them, and their rags and their misery and the wheels of their stripes. It irked me to see Dalek when he first fell to his meat last night, how he ate like a dog for fear and famine. How shall it be, moreover, when we have them in the dale, and they fall to the deed of kind there, as they needs must? Will they not bear us evil and thrall like men? Maybe, said Stoneface, and maybe not, for they have been thralls but for a little while and I deem that in no long time shall ye see them much bettered by plenteous meat and rest. And after all is said, this Dalek bore him like a valiant man. Also it was valiant of him to flee, and of the others may ye say the like. But, look you, there are men going down yonder towards our lair. Belike those shall be our guests, and there be no dusky men amongst them. Come, let us home. So face of God looked and beheld from the height of the burg shapes of men grey and colourless, creeping toward the lair from sunshine to shadow, like wild creatures shy and fearful of the hunter, or so he deemed of them. So he turned away, angry and sad of heart, and the twain went down the burg and across the water to their camp, having seen little to tell of from the height. When they came to their campment, there were their folk standing in a ring about Dalek and the other runaways. They made way for the war-leader and Stoneface, who came amongst them, and beheld the runaways, that they were many more than they looked to see, for they were of Carl's one score and three, and of women eighteen, all told, save Dalek. When they saw those twain come through the ring of men, and perceived that they were chieftains, some of them fell down on their knees before them, and held out their joined hands to them, and kissed the Burkdalers' feet, and the hems of their garments, while the tears streamed out of their eyes. Some stood moving little, and staring before them stupidly, 
and some kept glancing from face to face of the well-liking happy burgdale carls though for a while even their faces were sad and downcast at the sight of the poor men some also kept murmuring one or two words in their country tongue and dalloch told face of god that these were crying out for victual it must be said of these poor folk that they were of diverse conditions and chiefly of three and first there were seven of rosedale and five of silverdale late come to the wood of these silverdalers dalloch had told but of two for the other three were but just come of these twelve were seven women and all save two of the women were clad in one scanty kirtle or shirt only for such was the want of the dusky men with their thralls they had brought away weapons and had amongst them six axes and a spear and a sword and five knives and one man had a shield yet though these were clad and armed yet in some wise were they the worst of all they were so timorous and cringing and most of them heavy-eyed and sullen and down-looking many of them had been grievously mishandled one man had had his left hand smitten off another was docked of three of his toes and the gristle of his nose slit up one was halt and four had been ear-cropped nor did any lack wheels of whipping of the silverdale newcomers the three men were the worst of all the runaways with wild wandering eyes but sullen also and cringing if any drew nigh and would not look any one in the face save presently face of god on whom they were soon fond to fawn as a dog on his master but the women who were with them and who were well nigh as timorous as the men were those two gaily clad ones and they were soft-handed and white-skinned save for the last days of weather in the wood for they had been bed-thralls of the dusky men such were the newcomers to the wood but others had been like dalloch months therein it may be said that there were eighteen of these carls and queens together little raiment they had amongst them and some were all but stark naked so that on these might well be seen as on dalloch the marks of old stripes and of these also were there men who had been shorn of some member or other and they were all burnt and blackened by the weather of the woodland yet for all their nakedness they bore themselves bolder and more manlike than the later comers nor did they altogether lack weapons taken from their foemen and most of them had some edge-tool or another of these folk were four from silverdale though dalloch knew it not besides these were a half-score and one who had been years in the wood instead of months weather-beaten indeed were these shaggy and rough-skinned like wild men of kind some of them had made themselves skin-breeches or clouts some went stark naked of weapons of the dale they had few but they bore bows of hazel or witch-elm strung with deer-guts and shafts headed with flint-stones staves also of the same fashion and great clubs of oak or holly some of them also had made them targets of skin and willow-twigs for these were the warriors of the runaways they had a few steel knives amongst them but had mostly learned the craft of using sharp flints for knives but four of these were women three of these men were of the kindreds of the wolf from silverdale and had been in the wood for hard upon ten years and wild as they were and without hope of meeting their fellows again they went proudly and boldly amongst the others overtopping them by the head and more for the greater part of these men were somewhat short of stature 
though by nature strong and stout of body it must be told that though dalloc had thus gotten all these many runaways together yet had they not been dwelling together as one folk for they durst not lest the dusky men should hear thereof and fall upon them but they had kept themselves as best they could in caves and in brakes three together or two or even faring alone as dalloc did only as he was a strong and stout-hearted man he went to and fro and wandered about more than the others so that he foregathered with most of them and knew them he said also that he doubted not but there were more runaways in the wood but these were all he could come at diverse who had fled and died from time to time and some had been caught and cruelly slain by their masters they were none of them old the oldest said dalloc scant of forty winters though many from their aspect might have been old enough so face of god looked and beheld all these poor people and said to himself that he might well have dreaded that sight for here was he brought face to face with the sorrow of the earth whereof he had known naught heretofore save it might be as a tale in a minstrel song and when he thought of the minutes that had made the hours and the hours that had made the days that these men had passed through his heart failed him and he was dumb and might not speak though he perceived that the men of burgdale looked for speech from him but he waved his hand to his folk and they understood him for they had heard dalloc say that some of them were crying for victual so they set to work and dighted for them such meat as they had and they set them down on the grass and made themselves their carvers and serving-men and bade them eat what they would of such as there was yet indeed it grieved the burgdalers again to note how these folk were driven to eat for they themselves though they were merry folk were exceeding courteous at table and of great observance of manners whereas these poor runaways ate some of them like hungry dogs and some hiding their meat as if they feared it should be taken from them and some cowering over it like falcons and scarce any with a manlike pleasure in their meal and their eating over the more part of them sat dull and mopish as if all things were forgotten for the time present albeit presently dalloc bestirred him and said to face of god lord of the earl folk if i might give thee rede it were best to turn your faces to burgdale without more tarrying for we are overnight to rosedale being but thus many in company but when we come to our next resting-place then shall i bring thee to speech with the last comers from silverdale for there they talk with the tongue of the kindreds but we of rosedale for the more part talk otherwise though in my house it came down from father to son yea said face of god gazing still on that unhappy folk as they sat or lay upon the grass at rest for a little while but him seemed as he gazed that some memories of past time stirred in some of them for some they hung their heads and the tears stole out of their eyes and rolled down their cheeks but those older runaways of silverdale were not crouched down like most of the others but strode up and down like beasts in a den yet were the tears on the face of one of these then face of god constrained himself and spake to the folk and said we are now overnigh to our foes of rosedale to lie here any longer being too few to fall upon them we will come hither again with a host when we have duly questioned these men who have sought refuge with us and let us call yonder height 
the burg of the runaways and it shall be a landmark for us when we are on the road to rosedale then the burgdalers bade the runaways courteously and kindly to arise and take the road with them and by that time were their men all come in and four of them had venison with them which was needful if they were to eat that night or the morrow as the guests had eaten them to the bone so they tarried no more but set out on the homeward way and face of god bade dalloch walk beside him and asked him much concerning rosedale and its dusky men dalloch told him that these were not so many as they were masterful not being above eight hundreds of men all fighting men as to women they had none of their own race but lay with the daleswomen at their will and begat children of them and all or most of the said children favoured the race of their begetters of the men-children they reared most but the women-children they slew at once for they valued not women of their own blood but besides the women of the dale they would go at whiles in bands to the edges of the plain and beguile wayfarers and bring back with them thence women to be their bed-thralls albeit some of these were bought with a price from the westland men as to the number of the folk of rosedale its own folk he said that they would number some five thousand souls one with another of whom some thousand might be fit to bear arms if they had the heart thereto as they had none yet being closely questioned he deemed that they might fall on their masters from behind if battle were joined he said that the folk of rosedale had been a goodly folk before they were enthralled and peaceable with one another but that now it was a sport of the dusky men to set a match between their thralls to fight it out with sword and buckler or otherwise and the vanquished man if he were not sore hurt they would scourge or shear some member from him or even slay him outright if the match between the owners were so made and many other sad and grievous tales he told to face of god more than need be told again so that the war-leader went along sorry and angry with his teeth set and his hand on the sword-hilt thus they went till night fell on them and they could scarce see the signs they had made on their outward journey then they made stay in a little valley having set a watch duly and since they were by this time far from rosedale and were a great company as regarded scattered bands of the foe they lighted their fires and cooked their venison and made good cheer to the runaways and so went to sleep in the wildwood when morning was come they gat them at once to the road and if the burgdalers were eager to be out of the wood their eagerness was as naught to the eagerness of the runaways most of whom could not be easy now and deemed every minute lost until they were wending on to the dale so that this day they were willing to get over the moor ground whereas they had not set out on their road till afternoon yesterday howsoever they rested at noontide and face of god bade dalach bring him to speech with others of the runaways and first that he might talk with those three men of the kindreds who had fled from silverdale in early days so dalach brought them to him but he found that though they spake the tongue they were so few spoken from wildness and loneliness at least at first that naught could come from them that was not dragged from them these men said that they had been in the wood more than nine years so that they knew but little of the conditions of the dale in that present day however as to what dalach had said concerning the dusky men they strengthened his words and they said 
that the dusky men took no delight save in beholding torments and misery and that they doubted if they were men or trolls they said that since they had dwelt in the wood they had slain not a few of the foemen waylaying them as occasion served but that in this warfare they had lost two of their fellows when face of god asked them of their deeming of the numbers of the dusky men they said that before those bands had broken into rosedale they counted them as far as they could call to mind as about three thousand men all warriors and that somewhat less than one thousand had gone up into rosedale and some had died and many had been cast away into the wildwood their fellows knew not how yet had not their numbers in silverdale diminished because two years after they the speakers had fled came three more dusky companies or tribes into silverdale and each of these tribes was of three long hundreds and with their coming had the cruelty and misery much increased in the dale so that the thralls began to die fast and that drave the dusky men beyond the borders of silverdale so that they fell upon rosedale when asked how many of the kindreds might yet be abiding in silverdale their faces clouded and they seemed exceeding wroth and answered that they would willingly hope that most of those that had not been slain at the time of the overthrow were now dead yet indeed they feared there were yet some alive and may happen not a few women by then must they get on foot again and so the talk fell between them but when they may stay for the night after they had done their meat face of god prayed dalloc to bring him some of the latest come folk from silverdale and he brought to him the man and the woman who had been in the dale within that moon as to the man if those of the earl folk had been few spoken from fierceness and wildness he was no less so from mere dullness and weariness of misery but the woman's tongue went glibly enough and it seemed to pleasure her to talk about her past miseries as aforesaid she was better clad than most of those of rosedale and indeed might be called gaily clad and where her raiment was befouled or rent it was from the roughness of the wood and its weather and not from the thraldom she was a young and fair woman black-haired and grey-eyed she had washed herself that day in a woodland stream which they had crossed on the road and had arrayed her garments as trimly as she might and had plucked some fumitory wherewith she had made a garland for her head she sat down on the grass in front of face of god while the man her mate stood leaning against a tree and looked on her greedily the burgdale carls drew near to her to hearken her story and looked kindly on the twain she smiled on them but especially on face of god and said thou hast sent for me lord and i wot well thou wouldst hear my tale shortly for it would be long to tell if i were to tell it fully and bring into it all that i have endured which has been bitter enough for all that ye see me smooth of skin and well liking of body i have been the bed-thrall of one of the chieftains of the dusky men at whose house many of their great men would assemble so that ye may ask me whatso ye will as i have heard much talk and may call it to mind now if ye ask me whether i have fled because of the shame that i a free woman come of free folk should be a mere thrall in the bed of the foes of my kin and with no price paid for me i must say it is not so since over long have we of the dale been thralls to be ashamed of such a matter 
and again if ye deem that i have fled because i have been burdened with grievous toil and been driven thereto by the whip ye may look on my hands and my body and ye will see that i have toiled little therewith nor again did i flee because i could not endure a few stripes now and again for such usage the thralls look for even when they are delicately kept for the sake of the fairness of their bodies and this they may well endure yea also and the mere fear of death by torment now and again but before me lay death both assured and horrible so i took mine own counsel and told none for fear of berail save him who guarded me and that was this man who fled not from fear but from love of me and to him i have given all that i might give so we got out of the house and down the dale by night and cloud and hid for one whole day in the dale itself where i trembled and feared so that i deemed i should die of fear but this man was well pleased with my company and with the lack of toil and beating even for the day and in the night again we fled and reached the wildwood before dawn and well nigh fell into the hands of those who were hunting us and had outgone us the day before as we lay hid well what is to say they saw us not else we had not been here but scattered piecemeal over the land this carl knew the passes of the wood because he had followed his master therein who was a great hunter in the wastes contrary to the want of these men and he had lain a night on the burg yonder therefore he brought me thither because he knew that thereabouts was plenty of prey easy to take and he had a bow with him and there we fell in with others of our folk who had fled before and with dalloch who e'en now told us what was hard to believe that there was a fair young man like one of the gods leading a band of goodly warriors and seeking for us to bring us into a peaceful and happy land and this man would not have gone with him because he feared that he might fall into the thraldom of other folk who would take me away from him but for me i said i would go in any case for i was weary of the wood and its roughness and toil and that if i had a new master he would scarcely be worse than my old one was at his best and him i could endure so i went and glad and glad i am whatever ye will do with me and now will i answer what so ye may ask of me she laid her limbs together daintily and looked fondly on face of god and the carl scowled at her somewhat at first but presently as he watched her his face smoothed itself out of its wrinkles but face of god pondered a little while and then asked the woman if she had heard any words to remember of late days concerning the affairs of the dusky men and their intent and he said i pray thee sister be truthful in thine answer for somewhat lieth on it she said how could i speak aught but the sooth to thee o lovely lord the last words spoken hereof i mind me well for my master had been mishandling me and i was sullen to him after the smart and he mocked and jeered me and said ye women deem we cannot do without you but ye are fools and know nothing we are going to conquer a new land where the women are plenty and far fairer than ye be and we shall leave you to fare afield like the other thralls or work in the digging of silver and belike he wot what that meaneth also he said that they would leave us to the new tribe of their folk far wilder than they whom they look for in the dale in about a month's wearing so that they needs must seek to other lands also this same talk would we hear whenever it pleased any of them to mock us their bed thralls thou my sweet lord this is naught but the very sooth 
again spake face of god after a while tell me sister hast thou heard of any of the dusky men being slain in the wood yea she said and turned pale therewith and caught her breath as one choking but said in a little while this alone was it hard for me to tell thee amongst all the griefs i have borne whereof i might have told thee many tales and will do one day if thou wilt suffer it but fear makes this hard for me for in very sooth this was the cause of my fleeing that my master was brought in slain by an arrow in the wood and he was to be borne to bale and burned in three days wearing and we three bed thralls of his and three of the best of the men thralls were to be be burned quick on his bale fire after sore torments therefore i fled and hid a knife in my bosom that i might not be taken alive but sweet was life to me and belike i should not have smitten myself and she wept sore for pity of herself before them all but the face of god said knowest thou sister by whom the man was slain nay she said still sobbing but i heard naught thereof nor had i noted it in my terror the death of others who were slain before him and the loss of many we knew not how made them more bitterly cruel with us and again she was weeping but face of god said kindly to her weep no more sister for now shall all thy troubles be over i feel in my heart that we shall overcome these felons and make an end of them and there then is burgdale for thee in its length and breadth or thine own dale to dwell in freely nay she said never will i go back thither and she turned round to him and kissed his feet and then arose and turned a little toward her mate and the carl caught her by the hand and led her away and seemed glad to do so so once again they fell asleep in the woods and again the next morning fared on their way early that they might come into burgdale before nightfall when they stayed a while at noontide and ate face of god again had to talk with the runaways and this time with those of rosedale and he heard much the same story from them that he had heard before told in diverse ways till his heart was sick with the hearing of it on this last day face of god led his men well athwart the wood so that he hit wild lake's way without coming to carlstead and he came down into the dale some four hours after noon on a bright day of latter march at the ingate of the dale he found watches set the men whereof told him that the tidings were not right great hallface's company had fallen in with a band of the felons three score in number in the oakwood nigh to boarsbait and had slain some and chased the rest since they found it hard to follow them home as they ran for the tangled thicket of the burgdalers had two been slain and five hurt in this battle as for redcoat's company they had fallen in with no foemen End of chapter 28